Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Burgundy Network Podcast with Josh Taylor, HTTR. What's up, Redskins fans? Welcome to another episode of the Burgundy Network Podcast. As always, this one is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Shout-out to Redskins rant on winning the trimmers the other day. Had to hook him up. The beard was growing. Anyway, so I think he deserved it. (laughs) Uh, But on today's episode, you know, it's the first day after the draft. We've had time to sleep on it and really uh, get get our head straight on what each pick was and kind of evaluate it. So today I have back Adam Aniba from the Burgundy and Gold Report, my guy. He's been on, and he has been money. If you've listened to the previous podcast, you know, just talking about the draft picks, you definitely remember him. So, And then making his podcast debut, George Carmi from the Full Press Coverage Redskins, great writer and content provider. So, gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on, bro. Absolutely. So like I said, today we're just going to kind of take a look at every single pick, um, just give a quick grade on it, why, our reactions, and kind of what we think. But then, you know, going down the road, I'm going to do more of a player evaluation and breakdown, stuff like that, and really just break it down. Um, But first thing first, I want to talk about the Trent trade and kind of grade that real quick because, you know, it finally happened. We really didn't think it would. Um, You know, my first reaction, I would give it like a B grade. Um, I think a third next year and a fifth this year was, you know, realistic of what we could have got for him. I think two thirds is what it should have been. Um, but then, you know, you got to play the, the contract into it and then, you know, taking a year off. And I, I think that kind of devalues one of the picks. So honestly, I think I would give it a B. What about you, Adam? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like a B minus. And the only reason I think I see why a lot of people are skeptical, you know, they're they're saying horrible. We didn't get the you know, we should have got a first. Yes, we should have. But that was when Bruce Allen was here. I think the you know, the whole scenario that played out the back and forth with his agent in the media, it continued to devalue him. Um, you know, the supposed contract demands, and I'm starting to believe that they were true that he wants upward 20 million because now his agent's saying that they never turned down the Minnesota proposal. This, so it's just been honestly a lot of lies out of his camp. I'm not going to say Trent because he's not the one that said it. But in the end, what we have to factor in here is Bruce Allen got fired off of this. So you couple that in with what we got a fifth round this year and a third round next year, B minus to me. That sounds good because having two-thirds next year, what that tells me is I think we're going to probably – we already have a second next year as it stands that, you know, we could be looking at two seconds with, you know, ammunition to trade up. So B-minus to me, getting rid of it, it's a new culture, you know, new day for the Redskins. You know, Sadiq Charles, of course, everyone's going to say he's not Trent Williams, but, you know, we have somebody here now. So, you know, I, I think it was a solid B-minus. Yeah, I think that's a good grade. What about you, George? Yeah, I think Adam nailed it, honestly. Pretty much, like, this uh, this whole was completely bungled by uh, Bruce Allen, right? Uh, we had a first-round talent, a cornerstone player. It's very rare to see one of our, like, franchise players kind of fall from grace like this. Um, obviously, we would have wanted more. I mean, like, dream scenario, get a second-round pick from, um, you know, second-round pick from somebody for him. But, unfortunately, this is what we got. Um, I ran a poll today on Twitter just kind of asking how did everyone feel about it. And so far, at 12.09 p.m., we have 561 votes. 75% of Redskins Twitter think it's the best that we could do. So I guess we have to roll with that. 
Um, things that I don't like about this trade was that Trent Williams had a lot of power and influence on where he could go. Um, I honestly believe that Minnesota was basically mm -hmm. on the doorstep for us. They were going to give us two fourth-round picks for Trent Williams. I just felt like between his agent and between what he was hearing, Trent knew San Francisco was coming up down the pike. And, uh, you know, think about it. NFC champions uh, playing with Kyle Shanahan again. Uh, he basically dictated ultimately where he wanted to go. So in that regard, that does kind of hurt us, I think. Um, getting a fifth-round pick this year, that's that's a tough pick. I mean, that's like, you know, it's almost – you don't really see anything too beneficial from that. But as Adam mentioned, getting a third-round pick next year, that definitely gives us more wiggle room. And as we see, you can find some value in the third round. So when it's all said and done, I'd say a C, but ultimately it was just a bad situation. Yeah, and like you said, I think majority agree on that. Um that it was a decent deal and you know there's going to be the people that believe that we should get like two seconds for him which is just crazy <laughs> but realistically in this time with everything you know, as long as it took and the contracts and everything and him sitting out i think it was a realistic deal so i mean i'm, I'm glad that people agree with that and the majority do um so going into it obviously i think we can all agree on chase young number two overall you know, we, we've been talking about it for so long, but A-plus for me, not just because he is the best player in the draft, um, but to me, you know, building up that defense for Haskins, and it all starts with the D-line. Um, it, it'll just help us out in the end, and they say defense wins championships, and I think going forward and for the future, that's our base foundation building up the team. So, Adam, what would you say, A-plus? Uh, for sure, for sure, because, you know, I think what that's going to do is just going to make everybody better. I think, you know, for once we have uh, fans and teams around the league, you know, finally looking at us on paper and saying, you know, this defense is going to really be tough to face, you know, and the bottom line that gets me excited is we have a lot of fresh bodies to, you know, uh, roll in, roll out. So I think, you know, when teams are trying to jam the ball down our throat, you know, we've got that kind of rotation. It's really going to give teams headaches. And again, if it was Minuski, I would be excited, but my level of excitement will be tempered. But with Jack Del Rio, just all the things that I know about him, man, I think sky's the limit for this defense. I think you're going to see some really exotic packages. I think you're going to see uh, Young moved around. And, I, you know, I think it's going to be, you know, a, a, something to really look forward to, you know, for the multiple months that we're going to have to wait now to see some action. So uh, I'm pumped. Yeah, what do you think, Carl? Yeah, I think uh, Adam nailed it. I'll, I'll give it an A. I think, honestly, with uh, Chase Young, there's pretty much two options. You either take him at two or you trade back. Um, obviously, it would have been nice to kind of explore other options and maybe add more to our roster because we are depleted across the board. But Miami wasn't willing to dance. Like Miami was the only trade partner that I was willing to work with, in my opinion. Um, I do like what Adam said. Uh, having Jack Del Rio, having Ron Rivera, two defensive-minded coaches overlooking Chase Young is going to be fantastic. Uh, people overlook that at Ohio State, he moved up and down the line. He was like an interior defensive tackle at some time. He stood up. Um, I think that having him, having Kerrigan, Ryan Anderson, our whole front set or front our front four is pretty much, um, you know, they're first rounders. So we have um, an identity. We, we can essentially build a bully. And um, I love to uh, see what we can do. Um, I think also like a little caveat is that um, I know people are saying Ryan Kerrigan's deteriorating over time, but I think if we can have him as part of the rotation, maybe sign up for cheap, I think having Chase Young prolongs his career. And uh, it'd be nice to kind of have uh, Kerrigan around for the year too, you know, maybe at a cheap price contributing six, seven sacks as part of a package. So I like the Chase Young pick. 
Yeah, and that's a good point. I've been harsh on Kerrigan, you know, mostly because of how much he's getting paid. But Chase really does relieve that pressure, and Kerrigan's not going to be playing every down. He's going to be rotating in fresh, and he's going to be able to just really use his talents and get at the quarterback and not just exhaust himself throughout the game. And especially with the injuries and stuff like that, getting up there in age, I mean, he's still got it. Uh, I believe, but I think we'll see an increase in production based off of him just coming in fresh, just putting his hand in the dirt and just going after the quarterback. And like you said with Del Rio, I mean, you couldn't come in with a better you know, defensive line. If you're Del Rio, you're ecstatic about this pick um, because this is what he does best. This is what Ron Rivera does best. You know, you look, we talked about Julius Peppers, even like some of the linebackers with Keekley and stuff like that and how well they develop defensive guys. I think the sky is the limit for Chase, and we have uh, a lot to look forward to with Chase. And the next one, this one uh, took some people by surprise, but I tell you what, man, me and Adam, we broke this guy down on our last podcast about the uh, mock draft, and that's a guy who I think fits really well. This is literally exactly what you want with Scott Turner, and that's Antonio Gibson, running back slash wide receiver. The debate will continue on that um, (laughs) out of Memphis. And to me, I give this an A because, you know, we talked about it in our thread. And uh, shout out to Nate, our analytics guy, who uh, broke this down really well. Definitely have to have him on when I break down Gibson. But the things that this guy can do definitely fits what Scott Turner does with his offense. You know, with with Christian McCaffrey and then also with uh, Samuels over in Carolina, I think we can see a good you know mix-up of the two of those, and that's kind of what you got with Gibson. I know we've seen him compared to Debo Samuels also. Um, but I just think what this guy can bring to our offense just takes it to the next level. And, you know, we'll talk about, you know, AGG, you know, having that wide receiver to help out also, but – the, the way that the NFL is changing, especially offenses and stuff like that, you know, moving pieces around, kind of getting positionless, this is perfect for me. I think this is an A. What do you think, Adam? Uh, I've got it as a solid B+. Um, just, you know, you and me have been hiring him before we talked on a previous podcast about him. You know, we were doing the um, pre-draft, mock draft. But um, what I really like about him is just how he's able to set up the defenders. You know, I'm looking at the tape, and, you know, I've heard a lot of people mention Percy Harvin, which in the beginning I was like, yeah, yeah, it kind of reminds me of that. But when I went back and just watched some more film after uh, after we selected him, I'm telling you, you know, and someone brought David Johnson out. So when I looked at the tape, I said, let me keep that in mind as a running back. Because I before I strictly saw him as a receiver. But I really see um, a David Johnson, and, you know, to Redskins fans probably like this, I see Pierre Garçon. Because he shows that toughness. He just shows that strength that he's fearless with the ball in his hands. Of course, Pierre Garçon, a lot more um, elite when it comes to route running. But, you know, he'll get there. Um, he rounds off his um, some of his routes a little you know, too early. You know, he is a wheel route concept gem to me because that's what I saw him do a lot at um, at Memphis. And I think what you're going to see with us is you're not going to see him – as that typical Chris Thompson scat back from what I'm hearing, you know, you're going to see, you know, situations where we could have AP guys, Barber, depending on, you know, which, you know, set makes the team and him at the same time. So when we talk about the final numbers of how many we're going to keep, don't be surprised if we keep all those guys that we have and go with five, because four would be a stretch, but it's about, makes a little more sense considering if you look back at some of Ron Rivera's teams, but you just can't consider him that when Fred Smoot actually asked him, you know, you've been referred to as a running back and receiver, what do you consider yourself? He said it perfectly. I'm a weapon. And that's exactly what I think he'll be in this offense. And just think, you know, he's the kind of guy that's, 
he's going to be able to bring, you know, attention to defense. He has not a good blocker. So that's why I do not see him seeing, you know, too much action in the run game, but as a receiver, you know, everyone talks about Steven Sims in the slot. This kid is perfect to go in the slot and actually flex Steven Sims out and have McLaurin in on the other side in some packages. So I, I think this was a great pick. Some might say it might be a little early. Truly. I looked at the board. I looked at the teams. I think he would have been gone. So I think they pulled the trigger at the right time for him. Yeah, I agree. And we've been talking about it a lot, George. Have you, you know, you've had time to kind of assess it, and we've, you know, like I said, we've kind of broken him down in the group chat. What's your mm-hmm. final summary of what you think about this pick? I love Antonio Gibson. I'm gonna kind of be cautiously optimistic, give him a B, just in regard to grade. But um, I think Adams nailed it. Not he kind of stole my thunder. I was gonna drop, <laughs> I was gonna stop David. Jo- I was gonna drop David Johnson as a comp for him. Um, I do think he's a weapon. I don't think he's typecast or you know. Um, that's, you know, limited to just being a running back or being the slot wide receiver. Um, when the pick was selected, I'll be honest, I kind of took a step back. I was like, who is this guy? Let me dive, let me deep dive into him. And after I researching and reading up on him, he projects well to what Scott Turner wants to do. He's just going to be someone that kind of comes around on jet sweeps, uh, lines from the backfield, roll out wheel routes, as uh, Adam mentioned. Uh, he's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a weapon that we're going to see. Um, he's a height, weight, speed freak. Uh, six foot, 228 pounds, a big load, runs a 439 uh, on playerprofile.com, which is sponsored by Rotoviz. He has a 99 percentile speed score. It's going to explode. And um, he's very versatile. Uh, he basically was a returner in college. Uh, he is great in the open field. And could you imagine that big body moving that fast on a screen, on a, on a wheel route or something like that, which is really exciting to me. Um, the only thing that I do kind of have pause is he only had 77 touches at Memphis with, you know, not a lot of production, but I do see the projection that Scott Turner had. And I do think that it fits well for what we want to do. Um, also this, the Redskins are lacking options altogether offensively. So having him there, I think it's a great outlet for Dwayne Haskins. Um, you know, either screens, uh, you know, quick slants, drives across the uh, middle, uh, having him, Sims, guys, that's pretty flexible, and I like that. I think um, scheme versatility is going to be our name of the game. We have to be creative to compete with some of the better offenses in the league. So, Antonio is a good addition for us. Yeah, the 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 speed that that guy runs with how big he is is what is just crazy to me. And you, you watch most of his highlight tapes. What he does the best is break tackles, and I think he's going to be a, a, a nightmare for matchups in the NFL, especially linebackers, they're going to hate this guy. you got to have a fast, athletic linebacker that can keep up with them and bring them down. Um, and that's something that I feel like is lacking, um, especially in our division. Um, but I think this guy is going to bring a lot to the table. Scott Turner's going to play chess when everyone else is playing checkers. And uh, you're, you're going to see things that we haven't seen before out of this offense. And that's something I'm excited to break down later on too, is what this offense could actually look like scheme-wise, you know, plays. I feel like this is going to be something that Redskins fans haven't seen. Uh, it's going to be very, it's very full. Sorry, to interrupt you, Josh. No, 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 no. It's, it's very forward thinking. I feel like it's going to be like pretty progressive with our offensive schemes, right? Sims is very flexible. Darius Geis is actually a pretty good pass catching back, if you can see on the field. Having all three of those at a time definitely creates matchup problems for any opposing defense. Yeah, they're, they're going to be guessing because anybody can get the ball at any time. You know, mm-hmm. it could go, like you say, it could go to Geis. And, and you brought up Chris Thompson. That's someone that we've kind of like always associated with being like that dual threat back. This mm-hmm. guy is bigger. I'd say he's faster than Chris Thompson. I'm not sure what mm-hmm. Chris's 40 time was. And he's way more durable. So this is someone that you can depend on. And, I mean, Chris Thompson was our leading receiver at one point. So it just tells you what the ceiling could be for this guy, uh, you know, based off of what we do on offense. So, 
I'm hype about it. Uh, I know some of the fan base is kind of crucial on it, but uh, we'll, we'll talk more into it and kind of break down and give y'all what to expect on that. But this guy coming up, uh, a lot of people were high on, and you know the Redskins had talks and interviews with them, and a lot of people were hype about it. And that's Sadiq Charles, offensive tackle at LSU. And this was around the time, uh, you know, obviously Trent was traded, and we kind of all knew the next pick was going to be offensive tackle. So, Sadiq, the thing for me is how high his ceiling is and getting him in the fourth round. I know a lot of people in the mock drafts, which rendered useless <laughs> at the end of the draft, uh, but a lot of people had this guy going in the third, and I saw a lot of scouts give this guy a second-round grade. He has some issues that he needs to work on, but I feel like Ron Rivera – I mean, with his background, we've seen it, you know, breaking down the documentary of the Panthers and stuff like that, what kind of coach Ron is. I think it's a perfect fit. I'm not worried at all about the character issues, if there is any. I think Ron's going to address that head-on right away and just get the most out of this guy like he does with most of his players. If this guy comes in, I'll give him two grades. I'll say a B, um, just based off of, you know, who he is and, like, the pick where we got it. And I'll say it can turn into an A if he ends up starting, you know, going into a season, which wouldn't surprise me at all. You know, him competing with Cornelius Lucas on the left side, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Charles uh, comes out the starter. So it has a potential to increase to an A, um, especially where we got him at in the fourth round at 108. I just think it was a really high value. Um, and I know, Adam, you, you kind of looked at him a little bit uh, going into the uh, process of the draft. What's your grade? Yeah, um, I, I, I'd probably give it a solid, like, C+, and I probably would have given it a um, maybe a little bit of a better grade if it was a little later, just because um, although I did have him consistently with a you know third-round grade, there's been l- very little details about the um, issues he had with the coaching. He was suspended multiple times, but, um, you know, his coaches have had great things to say about him. Um one thing that stuck with me is that Kyle Smith um, mentioned that they did their due diligence with him and they felt like the issues weren't a big deal. Personally, I think it was probably weed um, because just by the sound of it, you know, the minimizing it, you know, he was a repeat offender with it. But I think we could feel a little better as Redskins fans knowing that with the new CBA rules, um, it's I don't as far as I know, players really can't get suspended for THC testing positive for THC. Um but he did say when he was on um, the show with uh, the, I think it was 980 or one of them, that um, he understands he has some maturity issues and he has a, you know, a long way to go. But um, one of the things that's most underrated about him is uh, his mobility. Um, I've heard a lot of people you know, mention him as you know, he's nowhere near Trent Williams, and I agree 100%. But I think they're really downplaying actually – how athletic and mobile he is in in the open field. Um, You know, people talk about, you know, who the Giants got in Thomas. I think he's actually got better mobility than him. That's probably one of the only aspects he's got over him. But I think this is a guy, this is a true developmental prospect. I don't know if he's plug and play right away, but with the way our roster is shaping up, he might have to be. Um, I still am looking for this team to go out and get a free agent tackle. If it's Peters, which honestly I'm not high on because he's going to be expensive and, I think that you know he's an injury waiting to happen, but um, I think that in the end, this guy's going to end up being you know a five to eight year starter for us. You know, basically if everything goes right, he does he does what he has to do. Um, worst case scenario, I can see him flipping over to the right side, which in the end might be his best spot. But um, you know where we picked him, everything like that. I, I like the value. 
Absolutely. What do you think, George? Yeah, I'm actually pretty high on Sadiq Charles. I'm really happy with this. I give him a B plus. Um, granted, he is young. He, de- he does have some immaturity issues. But remember, guys, he's only 20 years old, right? We can definitely develop him right. and have him grow over time. Um, what I do like about him is that he played in 32 games in the SEC conference, which is fantastic, and he started 28 of them. So he has a lot of experience. He's not just a one-year wonder walking onto the Redskins field. He has a lot of experience. He actually started nine games as a freshman, which is actually great. Um, Adam, you're right. I do think that um, from what I'm gathering, I think it was marijuana that basically had it suspended, which isn't a issue now with the new CBA. So maybe you know that's something to kind of alleviate some of the stress for Redskin Nation. Um, and I know that Doug Williams has, um, you know, his new role now with the organization is developing prospects. So hopefully Doug can take, take him under his wing and uh, build him up and, and um, you know, have him be part of our program. Uh, I thought that was really interesting about moving him to right tackle. I didn't consider that before, but that's definitely an option. So worst case scenario, he's a swing tackle or he's a reserve tackle that we have. Um, I do think he has high upside. Um, I honestly didn't think the Redskins were going to get him. For, um, for years, right. we always kind of tell, like, hey uh, – you know, we have high character players. We kind of overlook these players. I actually tweeted. I was like, "Oh, it's such a Cowboys pick, right?" The Cowboys always roll the dice. Right. He's like, he's like, he's like, uh, Randy yeah, like Randy Gregory and Leonel Collins and all Greg these guys. Hardy. You know, Dez, Dez Bryant, Greg Hardy. I was like, dude, the, the Cowboys are going to get him. He's going to have high upside. And um, like within like ten minutes, the Redskins selected him, and it's great, man. Um, one thing that's kind of slept on is that the LSU um. The offensive line won the 2019 Jim Moore Award, so that, they were the best offensive line in football. Um, obviously, their offense was high-powered and, fant- you know, they were one of the, historically one of the best of all time. Um, I'm happy with the pick. Um, one kind of understated thing is that during practice, guys, our D-line is fantastic, right? Um, right. Iron, iron sharpens iron, so he's going to be going against Montez Sweat, Ryan Kerrigan, and Chase Young regularly in practice if we ever do practice again. But uh, he basically right. – uh, he will get there, and he's going to get better. So I think it's a great pick. Um, kind of ushers a new era. Uh, the Redskins are known for left tackles and having a strong offensive line, and hopefully it's a component for a long time. Yeah, y'all brought up really two two good points I got to hit on. Because um, I actually have the uh, LSU and Clemson game playing on my TV right now as we speak. Um, and literally just one of his plays was a, uh, a screen pass out to Jamar Chase on the left side of the national championship game. And just how fast he got out there to pick up that block and that's what we're going to be doing a lot of is a lot of screens, a lot of sweeps and stuff like that. And like you said, Adam, his mobility and how fast he can get up there. And he literally ran down the entire sideline with that block, and it was like a 50-yard gain. So um, go ahead. Can I jump in? His criticism is that he doesn't have a lot of core strength. But guys, at 20 years old, his body's not even filled out yet, right? So, yeah, a couple more years of working out in the NFL program, eating the right way. Hopefully he can mesh that mobility and strength together and, you know, put it all together. Yeah, he can end up being like six foot eight, six foot nine. Yeah. He's not, 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 not growing yet, exactly. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah, Nate speaks about, you know, peak age in players. And like we said, he's only 20 years old. So, I mean, he could hit his peak going into next season, 21, 22, and his body kind of fills out finally. Um, but then, you know, we kind of talked about the character issues too. One thing that came out was that Ron Rivera actually called uh, Coach O, uh, Coach Ron over at LSU <laughs> and, you know, just and was just honest with them, like, hey, like, what, what can I expect out of this guy? You know they talked about the issues. And to me, if Kyle Smith and Ron Rivera talked to Coach O, talked about, you know, the marijuana issues, because that's what I heard too, I'm pretty sure it's what it was, then he has no problem with it. I feel like if it was too much of a red flag or if they weren't comfortable with it, like we've been saying, that culture guy, that culture pick, he wouldn't have added this guy to his team. So 
thanks, Coach O, for talking so high because I think we found our uh, starting tackle for years to come, like you said. Uh, so definitely a lot of upside, and his age is probably the, the two things that I would say is his biggest pros. And this one leads to my all-time favorite draft crush. And this guy, I mean, I showed y'all. I've been following this guy since January, breaking down his tapes from my neck of the woods over at Liberty University, Antonio Gandy-Golden, a.k.a. the Golden Ticket, a.k.a. AGG. You can call him whatever you want, but I call him my wide receiver. So fourth round, 142. I mean, to me, it doesn't get better than this. Me and Adam talked about him and said, you know, we need that big possession receiver. We don't need any more small speed guys. We've got that covered. I need me a guy in the red zone that's going to go up, get the ball. I want somebody that's going to be on the sidelines catching those 50-50 balls. And I think he's going to compete with Harmon. I think they have some similar traits. Um, But this guy has been training with uh, Anquan Bolton all offseason in Florida with C.D. Lamb working on things, and he said he wants to model his game after Julio Jones. So that's all I needed to hear on top of all the tapes <laughs> I've been watching. I am ecstatic. I'm getting his jersey before I get Chase Young's. You can judge me, but I'm telling you guys. Wow, that's Just big. because I'm, – I'm, I'm telling you, I'll, I'll, I'll do the screenshots and prove it. I tried to fit his last name in on the Redskins website, and it didn't fit. So I got <laughs> to wait for it to drop. But that's funny. The, the, the upside that this guy has, and you can tell me the small school stuff all day, I'm not going to listen to you because go watch what he did against Syracuse, who has a really good defense, and same with Baylor, and he killed those guys. So I love this guy. I have to give him an A, especially where we got him at in 142. To me, everyone said we needed a wide receiver, and everyone wanted to go KJ Hill, another small slot guy. I said no. I need a big possession guy, and to me, AGG has the highest upside out of all the the bigger possession guys that were in the draft that we were obviously you know able to get. Like we couldn't get Ceedee Lamb or something like that. But from where we drafted him at, it doesn't get any better. Adam, I know you're high on him too. Just go ahead and just, just put the music in my ears and tell me what you love about him. <laughs> it's third and long. The quarterback's got to shave some yards off here to have any chance to score. Let's see what he does. He drops back. He has a guy downfield, but he doesn't see him. He tries to hand the ball off to a cheap razor. Boom! He's nicked in the sack. It's a fumble, and the ball is going the other way. That one's going to hurt for a while. What in the world was he thinking? Let's go to the monitors and see exactly what went wrong. You know, this offseason, his coaches at Manscaped enhanced the lawnmower 3.0 offense to a whopping 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. They gave him all the chances he had to get that safe clean cut up the sideline with the cutting edge ceramic blade, but instead he got nicked on the sack by a rusty defense. If he would have used the LED light that comes with the 3.0, there is no doubt he would have been able to see his playing field much better. Looks like he's gonna be going over to the sideline with his Manscaped coaches grab the tablet, see what went wrong, and if he's smart, he's going to go over to manscaped.com and use the code BNP20 to save 20% off his entire cart with free shipping. That's right. Use code BNP20 to save 20% off your entire cart with free shipping. Don't keep making the same mistakes and give your balls a clean pocket next time. And there's no doubt the result will be a touchdown. Super high, uh, an A, a grade as well for me. You know, going to this when I did my final evaluations, I actually reached out to him, you know, couldn't get an interview, uh, which happens, you know, for everyone that I send out, every 
20 that I sent out, I'm lucky to hear back from two. And, um, you know, I was Ernest Edwards uh, from Maine was a guy who actually signed with the Rams undrafted. He was my second only behind um, AGG for the top uh, small school receivers in the nation. And the one thing that pops out with this guy is his catch radius. I think we finally get the guy that we were hoping to get with Josh Dotson. You know, no matter what you read, you know, uh, Scotty reports on Josh Dotson coming in, he displayed his hands were not great. You know, AGG's catch radius is phenomenal off the charts. And you mentioned what I was going to actually say, working out with those pros. Um, that shows a lot to me because if he already has connections like that coming from the Liberty level, that's the first part of the battle is getting to know veterans and getting to pick their ear. So if he's working out with those guys, which I was reading about yesterday, man, that just totally changes a lot of um, um, maturation issues I thought that would take a year or two. I think that actually fast-tracked a lot of that. Um, what I saw with him is this guy that makes these one-handed catches routinely. You know, if there's any true knocks on him, I put the small school level aside because that's just too lazy and obvious, is the route running. And you will see a lot of guys his size coming out that are limited, but his slants, his comebacks, his nine routes, these are the type of things that we're going to ask him to do. We're not going to be asking this guy to consistently run go routes. But what you're going to see is when Dwayne Haskins has to go off script, and we saw that a lot during the end of the year, this is the guy that you want running downfield uh, for those type of 50-50 balls. So in the end, I think that he's going to deal with a lot of press coverage in the beginning, which he didn't excel at. Um, but when you have that kind of catch radius and those kind of hands, those to me, those are the things that can't be taught. Everything else can be taught uh, with time and reps. So to me, you and me, we're on the same page. I've loved this guy from day one. I'm really excited to pair him with what we got. So it's, it's going to be really exciting to see uh, see this uh, play out with him. Yeah, and I have no worries about him learning new offenses. That guy is as smart as it gets. He was on Sports yeah. Center this morning doing a Rubik's Cube in like a minute while he was getting interviewed. So he, he yep. can pick up things very quickly. And, you know, George, I know I'm curious to see what your take is, you know, being someone outside <laughs> of the bias of me and Adam who have been on this hype train for a long time. I want to see the outsiders look on it. So what do you think? I'm actually afraid to chime in because I feel like I'm going to offend you guys. You know, you guys are just like, this is dress. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, I'm just joking. I'm just messing around. I'm just messing around. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, from the outside looking in, I know you guys had a deeper dive. And, uh, honestly, I, I defer to you because I feel like you guys have done your research. But right now, just from a third perspective, not deep diving, I'd give it a B. Um, I do like the size. I, I like the 6'4", 223. Um, his catch radius is insane. A lot of uh, circus catches, a lot of one-handed catches. Uh, things that do concern me from, uh, is that those circus catches are a result of him being pretty covered. Like he, from what I've read from looking at Draft Network and other research that I've done, is that he has tight hips and has a tough time breaking and creating separation horizontally. He's more of like a vertical route runner. He's more of a um, straight-line speed guy. Uh, looking at playerprofiler.com, I'm looking at his workout metrics. He projects athletically very similar to um, Kelvin Harmon. And uh, Kelvin Harmon definitely um, kind of has similar traits. They basically are big bodies. They are known for jump balls, known for having strong hands. Um, one thing I do like is that Gandy, um, no matter where you go, the best hands in the draft, they refer to Gandy Golden, which is actually great to have. Like I want to have a steady receiver. Um, I know there, there's a talk about maybe some drops here or there, but his catch radius is definitely up there. Um, I, you know, I think he's going to thrive as Adam mentioned more in vertical routes, more on breakdown plays, more on like red zone and, um, third down opportunities. And sure. honestly, we, we need that. And that's what we need as our team. We basically need more talent. 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's getting heavy rotation pretty early on, and um, I'm excited for it. I really hope that I am wrong and you guys are right, and he's doing Rubik's Cubes while we're scoring touchdowns. I'd love to see that happen. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that'll be like his first touchdown celebration. <laughs> 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 that'd be all like, pull the pylon. That'd be great. That'd be good. I would love it. I'll, I'll see if I can get that to him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I could. I appreciate you. Like I said, you don't. You haven't studied as much, and that was just your first you know, overall reaction to it. And I mean, I can agree with you. That's what people, a lot of people say. You know, he is covered. He's more vertical than horizontal. And but, but I'm telling you, if you're if you're scarred by Josh Doxson and all the drops and just mm-hmm. the potential that you had in him, I promise you, AGG is going to be that band aid, and your PTSD is going to be gone. I hope so. I hope so. Because honestly, I love Josh Doxson coming out, and Josh Doxson's athletic profile was fantastic. He was known for being like a jump ball kind of guy. But I don't know. Let's see. Uh, I do like. I didn't know about the CD Lamb stuff and working out and doing all the extra stuff. So I do like what Adam says. It does like accelerate his maturation. I did think that that um, small school nfl jump would be a detriment but if he's already getting reps and learning about things and maybe his football play let him go out there and play yeah and i mean I, i'd say most of us agree like i know y'all are big on maryland guys and stuff like that george i mm-hmm. love my virginia guys so anytime i see someone coming out of uva i don't really like tech so sorry tech fans but you know uva <laughs> small schools jmu that's why i love jimmy liberty uh old dominion stuff like that I'm hype about those guys because those are the guys that stayed true to their hometown and, you know, stuck it out with their home team. So I'm excited about that. I'm telling you all, I pray that we have training camp so we can see the battles with AGG and Harmon. Like, good Lord. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, seeing Carmen at training camp last year, everyone was like, dang, this guy's got some flashes and he's got some hands. And uh, him and AGG going at it would be, I mean, I would pay to see that. <laughs> I know it's free, but uh, I would I would do it in a heartbeat. So this back half players, to be honest with you, and I think I can speak for all three of us, these are guys that we didn't watch tapes on, didn't really get to know until yesterday. Kind of the first time I heard these guys' names, had some of them scratching their heads, so I'm, I'm excited to see what we all think about this uh, mm-hmm. back half of the picks. So the first one is Keith Ishmael from San Diego State. He actually has a really good program. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you saw their offensive line. It's been good throughout the season. I mean, the, uh, the last few years. But I'm trying to think of the running back they had um, a few years back that broke the the rushing record. What was his name? Oh, I forget. I the one who went, went to Seattle. That guy was yeah, it? Penny. Uh, Penny. Penny. Yeah, Penny. Penny. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So they have this history of having a good offensive line, good running game. They've always had a pretty stout defense. Um, you know, I've watched them a little bit, but not enough. So I'm really interested to kind of break down in the tapes the next, you know, few days and weeks on these last four guys. But Keith, the first thing I see with it, I'll give it a C um, for one reason. I was going to go C minus, but I just changed my mind. Um, he did play left and right guard in college also. So another one of those guys like Ross Piercebacher from Alabama that we got last year kind of reminds me of that. He has that depth, and once again, Ron loves those versatile guys that can move around. And with the injuries history that we have on our offensive line, it, it might come that we need a guy like that that can play multiple positions. So I'll say a solid C. I was going to say C-, minus, but given that he can play multiple positions, I think it's deserving of a C. What do you think, Adam? 
exactly same thing with me i watched some tape on him last night and i brought it from a c minus up to a c and um you know as alabama fans it, it's not easy for me to say but i think he's going to push uh pierce Bacher off the roster mm-hmm. because yeah, i yeah. don't see pierce Bacher having the ability to be a serviceable backup guard i do with this guy um i think with you know a lot of things up in the air with um our offensive line um Rouye, I believe this is, he'll be up for a new contract in 2021, I believe it is. So this is a big year for him. So this is a really a move looking to the future. So center, yes, is his ideal position. And when they talk to him, um, that's what he ideally uh, feels that he is as a, as a center. But he's just an outgoing kid from everything that I was reading about him. And um, I always like to refer back to Nag- uh, Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl. I, I reach out to him anytime I can. And, you know, sometimes I get responses. And he really thought that um, in the open field that this kid is really underrated, you know, you know, awesome feet, you know, with balance and, you know, he's able, he has a really low base, which is imperative in the NFL because when they're running these kind of stunts and everything like this, if you're playing too high, you're just getting destroyed and knocked on your ass. And I think he's the type of guy that, you know, we're looking at backup guard, uh, backup center, but I think in the end, He's going to push up Pierce Brocker off. So, yeah, same thing you said. I, I probably was about to give it a C- minus until I really found out he could play guard. So, solid C. They could get to a C+. Plus. Actually, I believe the more film I watch from him because I really liked what I saw. So, honestly, there was other picks. There was other players available that I thought we could have got. I think some of us are a little higher on the tight ends than the scouts were. But mm-hmm. I, I think this is a solid C. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you said that. Um you know, we there was a lot of other players here that we were all clamoring for. Like, all right, like we have Bryce Hall, we got you know Hunter Bryant, all these guys, and a lot of them went undrafted. So, kind of <laughs> shows us that a lot of the scouts were right that this tight end class might not have been the best. So it was certainly a surprise pick to me. Um, but the fact that you think he can pull, uh, push Ross off the roster, that's a big shock to me because I know we're both Bama boys, and uh, Pierce Bacher was a good one. So I'll definitely have to take a look into that. Um, and, and, you know, I think these last four picks, the one thing I was saying this morning is, to me it feels like these are the guys Ron likes for the team that could push some of these other guys out. And I might have some hot takes and some upcoming pods when I break it down. So I'm not going to give away too much. But I really look at these guys. I'm like, hmm, I think he's going to take so-and-so spot. I think this guy fits this good. Um, but Keith Ishmael is definitely a good one. So what do you think, George? Yeah, you guys pretty much hit the nail on the head. Uh, for a fifth rounder, getting an, a depth offensive lineman is a pretty solid investment. I would give it a C. Um, I do like his uh, versatility where he can go between both um, guard positions or the center. At 6'3 and 309, it's a pretty big boy. So, you know, it's a pretty solid building block to build around. And I think Adam talked about it. He's um, he's more of a mobile zone blocker. He's good at moving up and down the line and kind of, um, you know, pushing in motion and, and again, moving down the field. Uh, he's scrappy. Um, he lacks a superior power. Like, he's good at holding his own. He's good at maybe passing off, like, blocking to one person to the other. Um, I just do think that we, we do need depth in our offensive line. I watched the last four games of the Redskins season during this quarantine, and we have no push in our run blocking. Um, Adrian Peterson really had to do a lot of things on his own. And, um, you know, we, as Redskins fans, we always complain that our offensive line's weak. When one person goes down, we're missing something. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's not necessarily like the most glamorous, sexy pick, but this is a building block piece. Um, I do like the flexibility. Like, you know, you have him as a C. If he eventually becomes a starter C+, plus, that's, you know, that's something you can project in the future. So ideally he stays on our team and it's worth the flyer. 
Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, when we're doing mock drafts, you, you put them out, and people are like, oh, my gosh, you only got one offensive lineman. Like, Haskins is going to get killed, blah, blah, blah. And then we draft this guy. and like, what are you doing, Ron? Like, <laughs> you can't <laughs> exactly play both right. fields. Um, but, yeah, like, I think this is a solid C pick. You never know. Um, I think, you know, we did get Jeremy uh, Vujinovic and uh, Wes Switzer at such a cheap price in free agency. Um, mm-hmm. that, you know, if we were to cut either of them or they just didn't come ahead and, you know, after training camp, that it would be a huge loss. So to me, this might be the most interesting battle is the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not just with the tackles, but these guards, I mean, that guard room is, is full, you know, West Martin coming in, he's trying to compete on the left side and then Brandon Sheriff holding his own on the right side. Um, it really just gives that left side saying who in the world is going to step up and take the spot. Um, and I think Chase really is pretty solid at center. I don't know if Keith would give him a run for the center spot, but um, I'm, I'm happy with Chase. So it's just interesting mm-hmm. to see what all is going to happen on the offensive line with this. Um, but the next one, fifth round, 162, Kalik Hudson, outside linebacker slash hybrid from Michigan. Um, definitely someone that I had to take a look at because – Doing my mock drafts, I had us getting a linebacker like with one of the last like two picks. Um, so I was happy to see this. I just didn't know too much about the guy. Uh, but taking a look at it, I am happy about it because he is a special teams guy. What he does best is blocking punts. And I feel like I want to reach out to Nate about this. I want to know like our metrics on how bad our like defensive special team side of the ball is. But I feel like it's struggled in recent years. Um, you know, we give up punt returns not often, but more than we should kickoff returns. I know we did like against the Browns in the preseason and stuff like that, but I feel like we do that more often than we need to. Um, Mm -hmm. So I see this as a guy that um, could possibly kick out a guy like Josh Harvey Clemens off of the roster spot and take it over just because of how solid he is on special teams. But he's also that hybrid player that can, you know, come in in certain packages and take over as whether, you know, it's like a, a coverage linebacker kind of guy, or uh, a safety spot on certain packages. So I think it's a C, C minus. Um, if he pans out and he's just like another weapon on defense, I, I would say it's a solid C. Still need to do some tapes on this guy and break it down some more. Uh, but Adam, what do you see kind of looking at this guy? Honestly, when I, when they first got him, I was looking at a lot of people on the board and I was like, man, this is a deep pick. But, um, you know, I just started going back and watch some of his tape and, you know, some of his, the combine notes. And, you know, kids running a four, five, six, and he bench pressed 30 times. Um, this kid is strong. So you talk about Harvey Clemens. The difference between him and Harvey Clemens is he is a lot stronger, not as big, 5'11, 224. But I can see this guy. At first, I was thinking when I first saw him, okay, strong safety. No, this, this, he's definitely going to be um, probably, you know, a linebacker maybe you know eventually you know strong side i don't know about will um but when i was looking at some of his numbers this guy was productive you know um he led michigan last year with 102 tackles like you said you know all those block punts sacks um he had you know multiple breakups but this guy is a kind of guy that we can be viewing him as our future special teams ace i think in the end he's gonna make this team i was a little surprised by the pick but just by reading everything about him coming out of high school, he's a three-star recruit. He was highly regarded. He was one of the most productive players at Michigan. So I think in the end, he'll make this team based on special teams. He will not see the field in any kind of sub package or anything for at least, my opinion, a year to two years. But I think we need special teams talent. And this guy is one of those guys that can, you know, because I, th- I, th- I really see Cole Holcomb 
elevating um, to a starting position. So I think somebody needs to come in on that special teams unit and take that spot. And I think that's who he is exactly. So I give this a solid uh, C plus, uh, which is a lot higher than I originally had him. Yeah, he was a captain in Michigan, actually, highly regarded, like you said. Um, so what do you think, George? Are you high on this pick or no? Um, that's funny, actually. It kind of grew on me, too. When I first saw it, he was listed as an offensive, um, sorry, outside linebacker on NFL.com and ESPN. I was like, that's pretty interesting. Why would we do that after getting Chase Young and all the other positions that we have? Then I started to deep dive into it. So his technical position at Michigan was called the Viper position. Yeah, uh, he, right. played, he played slot, he played strong safety, he played middle linebacker. He kind of bounced around. It's kind of like a safety linebacker hybrid. Um, Adam touched on it, 102 tackles. Um, he was known for being productive. Like he's one of um, you know one of the more productive people in Michigan. He was second team All Big Ten. Uh, he had two sacks and three pass breakups um, last year. Uh, you guys nailed it though. Like um, being 5'11 and 224, um, I've read that like even though he is somewhat fast, he get, kind of gets swallowed up in run blocks. Uh, he kind of gets um, pinballed when it comes to people coming in, and uh, you know when he gets caught in motion, when there's a flow of running towards the you know, left or right side, he gets swallowed up in it. So that does kind of concern me. So I think as a projection and getting on the field, he is a couple years away. Um, but he had five block punts, which is hilarious. He's like a block punt specialist. <laughs> so, right. so, I th- so I think like the Redskins saw that and like you know what like. We can develop this guy. He does have some talent. Like, um, we will, like, you know, put him in various packages. And uh, maybe we can eventually grow into um, grow into a actual, you know, on-field player in certain packages. Um, finally, um, I agree with Adam. I'm actually pretty high on Cole Holcomb. I think he's going to take a next step, a big step next year. So this mm-hmm. does kind of create a void on special teams. So it's a solid pick. It's a roll of the dice. Um, I do like high-character players. Being a captain, being multiple is pretty important. So I'm not too upset with it. Yeah, if, you, if you're getting a, a, a special team starter that can block a punt or two throughout the season, that can that changes momentum. That can, that can win you games. Um, and if, if, you know, best case you get a guy who can come in rotated on packages on defense and make plays too then it's it's worth the pick so definitely have to see what uh, ron and uh, del rio have up their sleeves with him Um, but another guy on defense we went you know defense heavy these last three picks cameron curl from arkansas who i knew a little bit about just because he's an sec guy seventh round 216 safety um, I, I gave this guy a C. Um, he used to play corner, and then he, he transitioned to safety. I gave this guy a C because of his experience in the SEC. Three-year starter, you know, played with the best of them. I mean, if you're seeing Jerry Judy, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson week in, week out, you're exhausted. <laughs> so uh, the fact that he, he did that for three years, and that means a lot. Um, I mean, I'm an SEC guy, and I think, you know, coming into the NFL, you're more prepared. But having that experience, being a senior at Arkansas, um, and he has really long arms, too. He plays the ball really well. Um, You know, he has to work on, like, his reaction time and, like, his pursuit and stuff like that. But I think with the safety spot, we need some depth. I think he could be a good depth guy. And I I wouldn't be surprised if he knocks Abke off the roster. Uh, I haven't been high on Napke for a while, to be honest with you, but I just like how he plays the ball, and I like his upside with his size and his arm length. That's probably one of the most important things to me in the secondary is arm length, and he checks that box off. So I give it a C. What you think, Adam? Uh, yeah, I'm down on him. Um, just the more I didn't know much about him at all, but um, you know he's slow. He's uh, four, sub 4'6". Four, he is strong, 24 reps, um, decent size, 6'1", 206, and I don't think it's a wasted pick. 
But I think this is the definition of a developmental pick. This is somebody that, you know, we're going to put on our practice squad in the end because I don't think we're done in free agency. And if we were done, I'd probably closer to, you know, a D plus, maybe even higher like your grade. Um, but I don't think he has going to have a chance to make the team because I think we're definitely going to go in free agency. We're going to grab, you know, a safety here or there, which probably is going to push uh, Apke off the roster because I do think Everett has probably done enough with his veteran leadership to show he'll make it. But I think, you know, in the end, um, yeah, this is this is just a this is purely a developmental um, pick for the practice squad. And, you know, SEC, you can't sneeze at that. Long arms, you know, doesn't always come – you can't get guys like that every day. So I think in the end, you know, he makes a lot of sense to be uh, groomed on our practice squad and, you know, see what we have with him in, you know, a year or two. All right, that's interesting. You think we're going to pick up some extra guys? We do got some cash to spend after Trent's gone. So yeah. might, might go window shopping. <laughs> definitely. definitely. So what, what, what do you think, George? I gave him a C minus. I mean, it's, it's a roll of the dice. I don't think he's even going to make the team, or if he does, he might be a special team contribution. So sorry, contributor down the road. Um, from what I understand, Arkansas had one of the weaker defenses in all of NCAA. Um, some people mentioned that it was a defensive line in front of him. Uh, some people said that it was a competition against him. Um, it's interesting. I'm not high on Troy Apke, but if you're comparing apples to apples. Apke's a better athlete than Curl, right? right? So basically, right. who would you rather have on your team? Would you rather have someone that runs a 4-6, uh, has basically a very low speed score, or do you want someone that runs a freaking a 4-3-4? Right. Um, I know Apke, uh, fans kind of get on him. I'm, I'm not necessarily high on him either, but fans get on him uh, that he wasn't a great safety, but he wasn't fully developed coming out of college either. So looking at both of the players side by side, I think I might take Apke over Curl, but I don't know if I really want either. Um, yeah. Honestly, maybe we can look into getting another, uh, you know, free agent down the road or someone to project down the future. But um, it's funny. I'm going to throw this out there. I'm going to get murdered for it. But like, if we're going to take a uh, dice roll on anybody, KJ Hill was available in the seventh round. And, uh, you know, I would rather have him over uh, Trey Quinn. I mean, people like, you know, people hate KJ Hill. So he's not very athletic, but you know, Ohio state connection with Haskins. If we're going to just throw a dart against the board, I'll only try to try hell out. So that's what I was thinking. Agree. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. There was some guys left on here and I do have some hot takes uh, that I'm going to do in the next podcast about some of the UDFAs that we signed afterwards. That one's going to be fun. I can't wait for that one. But um, the, the last pick of the draft Round seven, pick 229, defensive end James Smith-Williams out of NC State. So Riley's up the road from me. Um, but this guy, a lot of people are like, DN, like why? It is so freaking like deep at DN. Why do we need another guy? To me, this screams um, a replacement for, uh, uh, what's his name? Anderson. Anderson. Either Anderson or I think Brailford. Brailford. I think I think he would replace Brailford, who's coming off of injuries. Um, and James Smith Williams ran a four six one, and I was watching some of his tapes. He had kind of a down season last year, but the year before that, I mean, he was just getting after the quarterback, putting his hand in the dirt, and getting after the ball. Um, but a guy with that kind of speed, once again, he has that length, and he can get off of blocks pretty well. He does have upside, so I'd give it a C, maybe C minus, just because you know we are so deep at the position. But I think he takes over Brailford's spot, to be honest with you. And just that speed, I mean, you, you can you never have too much speed on the D line. So him coming in on like a, a NASCAR package or something like that, if he pans out um, or just a third down guy, then I'd be happy with it. So I give it a C. What do you think, Adam? 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. See, I originally I gave the pick a D saying, what are we doing here? But, you know, after I, I watched him and, and, and looked at some of his scouting reports, um, he is viewed as super athletic. Or ironically, talk about Brailford. The reason a lot feel that he even dropped this far is because he, you know, dealt with injuries a lot. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. If he can stay healthy, I think he definitely pushes Brailford off the roster. But um, what I've heard from, you know, a lot of, a lot of people that I talked to, they were NC State fans because I, for some reason, I have a bunch that follow me uh, on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> they told me, man, yeah, they told me that they love this guy, and the only reason he dropped is because you know the injury concerns, and a lot of them felt that you know, of course, their NC State fans are going to say that, but they felt that you know he was a legit find in the fourth round. So to me, I like this pick. I think just like. Um, the other kid I mentioned, um, I think, but more likely, he's definitely going to stick on the practice squad. So this is yeah. a good investment for the future to see if he can go, um, you know, season two seasons and stay healthy. If he can do that, this is a really good developmental prospect because you can't teach speed. And I think this is the kind of guy that we need to develop on the practice squad. And I think that, you know, for that late, I agree with the, the past comments, George, you know, KJ Hill would probably been, you know, better value. Um, mm -hmm. But I like the idea of slowly developing our practice squad. I felt like the previous regimes um, did not do that. There was no real investment. It basically was like whoever was available, we'll take them and put on practice squad. But mm -hmm. I feel like there's been a real conscious dedication to building special teams. And that comes from Ron Rivera's background and practice squad players. So I think a lot of these back-end players, that's what you're going to see is practice squad uh, eligible players in the end. Great points. Yeah, I agree. What, what do you think, George? You've been breaking this guy down, any? No, no, not so deep. I think you guys hit it. He's basically like a uh, height, height, weight, speed guy, kind of looking into him, running a 4.6. That's the 94th percentile for all edge rushers um, in this entire draft. So it is kind of eye-opening right there. Uh, things that concern me is that his arm length is pretty low. It's 33 inches, which is 61st percentile, and he's already 23. He's coming up on 23 by the time the season starts. So as a developmental prospect, um, how many years do we have ahead of him? But, um, you know, altogether, you know, I, I do like that building um, building that back end. So, you know, if things, people go down, we can add him in, plug him in. Um, I believe you guys tell me. I thought Ryan Anderson was on the last year of his deal, right? I believe so, yeah. I do I, so I was surprised they weren't going to – I thought that would be somebody that we could have seen move in the draft, so I definitely am a little surprised. But I think Ron Rivera has basically said it's the same thing with Ron Kerr Ryan Kerrigan. They're going to let a lot of these guys play out their final year deals regardless mm -hmm. of what they make. So mm -hmm. I think that's what they're going to – they're basically going to battle in camp and, and see what happens. So I like. I agree. Um, I like Ryan Anderson coming out of the draft. I know people were really low on him for a while up until the last couple games of last season. I mean, he's a lunch pail kind of guy. He's a workout warrior, man. He wants to work out. He wants to you know play tough. He has that character. Um, hopefully he sticks around. Hopefully um, Ron likes him as a culture piece. Um, however, if he leaves, maybe James Smith Williams can jump in and add, you know, add a component there, back him up for a little bit there. Yeah, that, that's interesting. You said that. I thought you know Anderson might get moved too, and a lot of people are like, what? No, he ended the, the season so high, but you got you got to sell that stock when it's high. Um, right. I love me some Anderson, but um, there's definitely some pieces that are going to get moved around. And like I said, just taking a look at these last four picks, Ron said, you know, we're going to look at every single position and see how each guy fits on the team. You know, back months ago when he first got here, and maybe there's some guys on these spots that he doesn't think fits well. Maybe he doesn't think Abke fits or Josh Harvey Clemens. And he's finding those guys that are going to fit more into what he's looking for for a scheme. Maybe these can be some of those guys down the road. So definitely got to take a look at that. Um, so I'd say overall – 
I'd give it a B draft. I think those first four were just, you know, beautiful. It's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a rare steak, just fresh on the plate. <laughs> I like them. Those, the second half picks, you know, have that upside to turn out to be something. Um, but if not, it's just, it's those picks that you don't, you know, look too much into like special teams guy depth at the safety spot and, you know, just filling out some injuries that might happen throughout the season. So overall I say B what's your overall Adam. Uh, I give it a B plus, and you know that re- that goes heavily into the selection of of um, Chase Young because I just feel that a lot of people felt this was a luxury pick, but I I think you know you're delusional if you think that because you know great we have a bunch of defensive tackles, but up next to Sweat we really don't have defensive ends. Ryan Kerrigan's on the last year's deal. I do not see him coming back after he wasn't extended. I feel like the writing's on the wall that regardless of what kind of season he has, he's he's gone. Um, so I felt that this was a bigger need than people thought, and, and that definitely brought it to me from a B to a B plus. Um, I would have given it an A grade if you know we could have seen a couple people like Hall, you know, the cornerback from Virginia selectly. Yeah. I think cornerback oh, yeah. is definitely a position that we neglected, even in, in undrafted free agency, we've neglected. So that's why I'm really steadfast in thinking that with all this money, we see it every year. We're going to see some, you know, vets, you know, someone might be longer in the tooth, you know, maybe 28, 29 to 30, 31 years old. But I think we're going to see names, recognizable names um, at safety and cornerback that are going to be released. You know, cap casualties happen every year um, during uh, through May through June. So I think we're going to see a couple of those guys added. So in the end, it's a solid B plus to me. Yeah, Drake or Patrick on the Bengals is one of those guys that was going to be a cap casualty. So definitely worth noting. Logan Ryan is still out there. Like I said, we got some money to spend so we can extend Sheriff and uh, maybe get some guys that take some spots on this team. So definitely something to watch. But, guys, it's been a pleasure. Uh, coming up on the next podcast, I'm going to take a look at some undrafted free agents that we signed. Kind of wanted to give it some time because there's still guys getting signed. We're going to talk about Thaddeus Moss. You know how I feel about him. Uh, might might be a little easy on this time, and I, I have some hot takes that are coming. So stay tuned. That's going to be on the next episode. But Adam and George, it's been a pleasure having you on. Anything final y'all want to say? Um, I appreciate you having on. Thank you, man. Yeah, you know, I just wanted to say, you know, uh, everyone listening, check me out. Burgundy and Goldreport dot wordpress excuse me burgundy and goldreport dot wordpress dot com um in years past i usually did draft wrap wrap ups it just is done to death with everybody and their mother on uh social media so i've got new segments coming out <laughs> called hail rookie spotlights and i'm gonna go through each of the rookies pass on, again i'm gonna pass on young because i think that's done everyone's done it so we're gonna start with the hail rookie spotlight on gibson and uh that'll be dropping soon so uh Stay tuned. Thanks for having me on, man. HTTR, man. Talk to you soon. Actually, let me jump in real quick, Adam. Let's go call, man. So I just want to give a shout-out to my boys at fullpresscoverage.com backslash Redskins. Uh, We've been working real hard, man. Now, we have two podcasts, Let's Talk Redskins, obviously the Burgundy Network podcast. Uh, We've been working real hard. Uh, Check us out. Uh, My my tag is at gcarmy21. Check us out, and you'll see a lot of new content coming up soon. Awesome. Yeah, it was a, it was a busy time. I, I tell you, I got my, my screen report this morning. I was like, I'm not even going to check it. It was at 12 hours. <laughs> so it was definitely a busy last few days, but absolutely worth it, man. The thrill of it, you know, leading up to the anticipation of it. Lived up to the hype. So like I said, stay tuned. Going to break down the undrafted free agents. HTTR. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.